I don't even know what I'm doing here. I mean, it's not like you even know who I am. You prayed and believed your whole life. Never done anything wrong. And here you are. You're the nicest person I know. I am the meanest. You have dementia. My life is perfect. Explain that to me. Sometimes the devil allows people to live a life free of trouble because he doesn't want them turning to God. Your sin is like a jail cell except it's all nice and comfy and there doesn't seem to be any need to leave. The door is wide open. Till one day, time runs out. The cell door slams shut. And suddenly, it's too late. Who did you say you were?
Hey everyone, we have a fantastic guest for you today. We have Ranch East Olay, and he is here to tell us about um, what can we expect with the, the rapture. And uh, Ranch, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on today. We really do appreciate you taking your uh, your precious time to join us today. And we're, we're, I think we're going to learn a lot from you. Kilroy, thanks so much, buddy. I've been looking forward to this, and uh, hopefully we can share some things with your listeners that they might not know and some things they may know and we can get a little deeper. So that sounds fantastic. Cause you know, uh, it can be confusing. So why don't you just, just start off to where you think the Lord wants you to lead to, to today. And we, we can just go from there. All right. Great. Thanks. Well, you know, a, a lot of people think we're in the end times and a lot of people don't know what the end times are. And a lot of people confuse the end times with the last days. So Bible prophecy, particularly in the book of Revelation, but in several other books, both New Testament and Old Testament, are warnings and promises that God has shared with prophets throughout the ages about what will happen to our world at the end. And, you know, the interesting thing is whether or not you believe in end times and last days, the key is to understand that when they start to take place and you start to realize some of these things are becoming reality, it's time to decide whether or not you're going to initiate and continue a relationship with God through Christ. And that's the fundamental uh, reality of what the end times are. It's an opportunity or multiple opportunities as things get worse in our world for you to get right with the Lord and, and have a spiritual connection or reconnection that assures you that no matter how bad it gets, um, your spirit and soul will survive and have the opportunity to live on. In other words, uh, God is giving you an opportunity to make a choice. He's giving you an opportunity to, you know, you know, make that final choice, right? Exactly. You know, it's interesting that um, what we do know and what we don't know about God, you know, could fill many, many books. But it's interesting that God's love for us is so great that he never tries to convince us or coerce mm -hmm. us or convert us or in, mm -hmm. into believing in him and having a relationship with him. That is strictly a voluntary choice. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that God ever demands of us is before our last breath, are we going to acknowledge and believe in him or not? And, mm -hmm. and so it's pretty interesting that, you know, the free will he gives us is not only to make choices in our daily lives that move us forward or hold us back. But ultimately, he only wants to know, are you going to believe that I am who I am and that I sent a savior to you or not? And at some point in our lives, we have to face that question and make a decision. But that's how great his love is. That's the only decision that we ever have to make, you know, that's right. that points to or includes him. Yeah, it's all uh, it gives us free will. 
You know, we're not a puppet. Gives us free will. And exactly. that's where you come in with bad choices, too. So, you know, everybody, you know, we make bad choices. Yeah, well, life is about relationships. And yeah. our relationships are about choices and consequences. And, you know, as we go through life, we continue to make choices and have those consequences. And the idea is for us to learn and then be able to grow that with each opportunity or choice or decision that we have to make, we make a better choice so that the outcome is better uh, mm -hmm. in our best interest. And some people, you know, learn that early on. and Some people kind of resist that and continue making choices and suffering consequences consequences that are not in their best interest. So it's about yeah. growth and it's about choices and consequences. Absolutely. So Branch, let's dig in a little deeper on this. Let you, we, we see everything that's going on and then I think that's happened so quickly and rapidly, uh, you know, and, and the Lord, you know, told us, you know, know the signs it's like the season. And I think we're, we've, we're seeing that now. Um, are you familiar with, and uh, you probably are, um, what they're talking about, it's going to ha supposedly happen tomorrow. Uh, they said September 24th. Have you heard about that? I, I saw the video, um, you know, mm -hmm. through your website, through your, your mm -hmm. podcast. Um, about what, what are your Mr. thoughts? Foley's. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, that, that gentleman, Bo, it was, he, was, uh, he just went by scripture and he went by, um, you know, the timeline and everything. And he even said he's not a prophet. And he's not saying, you know, this is definitely going to be this way or that way. He was just pointing out what scripture said. And that's why I found it very fascinating. What, what are your thoughts about that? Well, he had an interesting take on both the economic collapse and how mm -hmm. to, um, you know, not suffer through that as stringently as many will. I'm not sure that that's going to be tomorrow. Right. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is a very special day, particularly in you know the Jewish culture, and a lot of Bible prophecy sort of points to the mm -hmm. Rosh Hashanah holiday as being uh, the Day of Atonement for the Jewish people. It, it mm -hmm. points to that being a very important day in the biblical cycle. Um, I, I'll, I'll be <laughs> interested to see what mm -hmm. happens tomorrow. Right, uh, right. We all will. Know, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Or it could yeah, be, you know, you know, Branch. It, it could be too. It could be maybe it's the 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 enemy's going to do something, and maybe God's going to intervene. We don't know, right? Exactly. We we and that's a that's a great point that he made, and that you know, we don't know, you know right? A lot of people try and pinpoint the day yes. of the rapture or or yes. specific days of end time events, and there's nothing specific that designates a particular day as he had said in in his in his uh presentation you know yeah. not even christ himself knows the day and the hour so it's yeah. a mystery it and is. it will be revealed yeah. but you know we can get a general idea of the timing of the end times if we do mm -hmm. some study and and you know kind of correlate a lot of the mm -hmm. events i mean there are certain events that have to happen before other events happen. And that's what, yeah. you know, you just alluded to. There are things taking place today in our lives that specifically have to take place first, a, right? 
Exactly. A dot-to-dot connection. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. think, well, the rapture is going to happen, the Antichrist is going to come, and it's it's not like he, someone's going to show up tomorrow and say, I'm the Antichrist, and you know, right. now I'm going to take over. There's a lot of things that have to happen in all the facets of our lives, the economic, the social, the religious. Certain things have to take place in order for the world to be in a place where they'll accept you know, the Antichrist taking on that role. So <clears throat> there's a lot of things happening. And if you look, if you watch the news, um, you know, there's there's things happening every day that if we know what the yeah. end time events are, we can see that correlation as, well, here's another incremental step that seems to be leading to, you know, the economic downfall or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the invasion of Israel or some of these things that are that are prophetic. So we have mm-hmm. to pay attention to our world. But if we know what those end time events are, then the things that are taking place, we can identify as those precursors. Right. It's absolutely. And as, and as believers, we need to remind ourselves we should not fear anything. Right, Branch? We should not have any fear whatsoever. God is going to take care of us regardless. You know, and, and he's promised that. And he, and he does it every day for us when he meets our needs. You know what I mean? Um, but I guess Amen. with us Amen. as Christ, as Christians, I guess the fear part is the unknowns. Like, what exactly is going to happen? How if that does happen? Whatever day God cho- chooses it to be, I think that's where that comes with us. And and if something does happen, as that gentleman was saying by scripture timeline uh, this weekend, um, the ones that are going to be the, we're going to have to be there for the ones that weren't expected, and it's going to be Christians that have been asleep. We need to be there for them, don't you think? We need to be there for them, and and you know, just you know, and just help them through through this because it's it's whatever the outcome, whatever is going to happen, um, there's obviously going to be confusion, right? There's going to be confusion, <laughs> and, and you know, so the ones that that have been tuned in, like yourself and myself, and you know, really studying and doing our research, staying away from the fake news. Um, you know, we kind of get an idea. We know something's going to happen, you know, whatever the timing is. I mean, it could be a couple years from now, but because we're living in that season, I believe we're going to see something, you know, don't you think? I think so. Yeah. The, we are in the season, definitely. And mm-hmm. because we are, you know, the things that are happening, uh, the cosmic things that are happening, the climate things that are happening, all of those were foretold by Jesus himself in Matthew 24. And so if we're aware of the direction that the world is going, then the intensity and the frequency of these things that are taking place have an obvious wake-up call for us. And, and that's, I think you hit it on the head. You know, our job as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ is to share what we know to be true mm-hmm. with those who are confused, who are wondering, who are wandering. Mm-hmm. And that's how we spread the gospel, you know, worldwide in the last days. And <clears throat> sometimes it takes a two by four instead of sugar to get somebody's attention. And yeah. so as these prophetic the pain. end times continue, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we are more, attuned to the disaster end of these events, then sometimes we start to pay a little more attention. And once we start to pay attention, there's a lot of people who will be turning and saying, 
Well, what's the answer? And that's the perfect opportunity for believers to share with those who are wondering and asking, you know, what is happening, why it's happening, and what it means for us. Souls can be saved during that time, right? You know, people can turn Amen. their life over to Christ, you know. it's a, And uh, I think it's human nature. You don't think about uh, things like that unless it affects you. If someone is going through a situation in their life, whatever storm they're going through, yeah, you you'll you know if you're if you're a close friend or family, and you know you can pray for them and and be there for them, you know, and support them, encourage them. But it doesn't really affect you because it's not happening to you. You you're not experiencing it yourself. So in a way, that's almost like <laughs> it's selfish in a way, I guess, because like, hey, you know, we just don't understand what they're going through. It may not mean to be that way, but I think that's what the key is. If it affects you directly. God's going to wake you up. I mean, he has me with several storms I've been through in my life, and I'm sure you, you as well. Sure. He's always trying to get our attention. Um, yes. You know, sometimes he, he, he does it in subtle ways or small ways, and other times, you know, he, he allows things to happen, um, you know, personally or in, within our family mm -hmm. to get our attention, and that's what it's all yeah. about. He's trying to get our attention so yeah. that we will turn from – our focus on this world exclusively and understand that the world, the universe is both physical and spiritual. And so he's trying to help us understand you need to come back to the spiritual. You need to find out more about the spiritual. You need to be gets, uh, become spiritually grounded so that you can see what I have in mind, what I have in store, not only for you, but your mm -hmm. family, your community, your nation, and your world. Mm -hmm. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> All right, so let's dig into this, Branch. Let's, let's dig in this a little more. We're, okay, we're going to talk about the rapture here, and it, and it could be very confusing from, from, from everyone. I even have some questions myself that I never really got direct answers from people, and uh, sadly, that's the church nowadays but um <laughs> what, what 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 can you uh tell us uh where do you see as far as the signs are and again we're not, we don't know when but how close do you think this is and can you do it step by step of how it's going to happen i'll do my best first of all what what is the rapture the rapture is the, the catching up of Christian and believer souls from this planet, from this earth. So what happens is when the rapture happens, and we again, we don't know when, but when Christ comes back for his church, for his Christian believers, we will be caught up. First, those who have died, all of their spirits will be caught up into the heavens and then all of those who are still alive and believers will be caught up as well. And I'm sure, you know, everybody has seen the movies or the videos of what happens when the rapture takes place. So we leave our physical bodies, our spirit leaves, and is joined in the heavens with the Lord Christ. Um, that's what the rapture is. In the Bible, the, there's three possibilities for rapture. Some it's called pre-trib or pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, and post-tribulation. And depending on your reading of scripture, a, a lot of people fall into one of those three categories or none at all. But let's talk about those three. 
The pre-tribulation rapture <clears throat> is the rapture that happens before the tribulation begins. The tribulation is a seven-year period where the Antichrist in the first three and a half years comes to power. And in the second half, the last three and a half years, he's what we know as the Antichrist. He doesn't come on the scene as the Antichrist. He comes on to the scene as a political leader, um, you know, somebody who garners a lot of attention because of his ways to get things done. So the first three and a half years, he's not the Antichrist by name or person, but he is a person who becomes the Antichrist at the halfway point or the mid-tribulation point as he takes on the power of Satan himself. So if we go back to the beginning of the seven years, <clears throat> the pre-tribulation rapture means that the Christians dead and alive will be called up or raptured up or caught up into the sky to meet Christ before the tribulation years begin. The mid-tribulation rapture believers think that it will happen at that three and a half year point when the Antichrist person becomes the true Antichrist in name and action. The post-trib or post-tribulation rapture believers think that the rapture is going to happen at the end of the seven years when Jesus Christ comes back in the second coming. So the rapture is that physical or spiritual removal from our bodies, and it will happen before the seven years or at midpoint of seven years or the end of the seven years. And that's the difference between pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib. So which is it? Could be either one of those is what you're saying we just don't know really well there's scripture that points to all three of those happening um mm -hmm. my personal belief is it will be mid-trib it, it will be that first three and a half years of the tribulation is also known as the wrath of christ or the wrath mm -hmm. of jesus mm -hmm. the second three and a half years is known as the great tribulation and although the whole seven years will be filled with a lot of change and, and a lot of death and destruction, the first three and a half years is a real dividing point between the, the second three and a half years. The first three and a half years, God is still dealing with all the people on earth. When the mid-trib comes and the second three and a half years or the great tribulation also known as the wrath of God, when that time period comes, God is dealing strictly with the Jewish nation. So he will be done with the rest of the world, and his focus will be on reclaiming the Jews as his chosen people as they come to know that Jesus Christ is and was the original Messiah 2,000 years ago. I personally believe that it's a mid-trib for a, a lot of different reasons that I read in Scripture. But I think that that first three and a half years, as dangerous and as toxic and caustic as it will be, <clears throat> I think that it's going to be a second chance for a lot of mm -hmm. Christians mm -hmm. who have been 
you know, professing belief in Jesus, but have living have been living their lives um, embracing the ways of the world. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that 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 time period there should be a, a great revival, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll be a lot of people who who see a sign that the whole world will see, and that for a lot of people will be okay. I'm a believer now, and, and I'm going to get right with God, and I'm going to get a relationship. Start. You got my Christ. attention, God. You got my I, attention. <laughs> That's what they're. You know, we'll probably. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I, I think I think that as bad as those three and a half years will be. God will be giving everyone a second chance to come to the realization that he's real, his word is real, and now's the time. Because at any point in that three and a half years, just like today, you know, you could lose your life Mm -hmm. in a variety of different ways. So every day in that three and a half years will be a time of survival for, for the world worldwide. And so we need to get right with him as soon as we understand that. So that if I lose my life tomorrow, I've established that relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So here's one of, here's one of my questions that I, I, I don't quite understand. And that is, okay. When the right now, um, at least this is what I personally believe, and I, I, I guess, guess you do too. I mean, when someone is a believer, they die, they're, they're immediately in heaven with the Lord, okay? So when the rapture takes place, why is it that they will, if they're already with him, why would they go back to, why would their bodies rise up and get, and with the rapture? Does he send their spirit back down to their bodies? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? No, tell me again. Okay. Those... Okay. Those that are already those up, people, it, the, those that are oh, already gotcha, up, gotcha. up the, those that have already passed now, our loved ones that are up there with Jesus and and the, and the Father, when the rapture takes place, it says the dead in Christ will rise too. Does that mean that uh, he's the Lord is going to send their spirits back down to their bodies to r- rise up? What, what does that mean? Well, I don't think so. Um, you know, there is a scripture, and I'll see if I get it real quick as I'm talking. Um, the those who have Christ says that those who believe in me, although they be dead, although they die, they'll never experience death. Those who um, say they believe in me, <clears throat> but haven't come to that place. Look, how do I explain this? If I believe in Jesus, as I do, if I die today, then my spirit will be with him immediately, and I will be with him. If I say that I believe in Jesus, but I haven't, I haven't, I'm going to have Committed to your, live the right, live your life the way that you should. Is that what you kind of mean? Um, gosh. Let me look real quick. I know it's in John. Okay. Uh, 
it's just a you know a it's just something that I thought of, and, I, and it, that can be confusing with some people. And right, uh, I apologize for not having. No, it. no, 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 but no big deal. But uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, right. Let's see real quick. Okay, John. Uh, lost him. Hopefully he'll come back on. Well, it's been very fascinating that um, what he's saying so far. Um, it's um, really a, 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 a really gives you something to think about. Gives you something to uh, um, you know lean on and, and think. Um, hopefully he'll come back here. Let me see if I can get a hold of him. I think he accidentally pushed the wrong button looking up his information. But nevertheless, um, you know, a lot of uh, people are, are going to be confused, you know, and we have to... Um, rely on on the Lord and trust him and to see where he wants us, you know, to be in our wisdom. Apologize, folks. I'm trying to get him back. Let's see if he can answer me. Don't know. All righty. But nevertheless, it's um, it's an interesting topic that he was trying to to explain to us. I'm gonna tell him to try to log back in again. Technology, technology, gotta love it, right? Got to love the tech. All right, so yeah, here he comes. There he comes. There he comes. There you are. Yeah, I thought you went, I, dude. Dude, I thought you. I thought you went on the rapture, and I'm like, if he left, I thought I was taken. I thought you were taken, I, man. I, and I'm like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. I, I I live out here in the woods, and I'm on satellite. I don't have fiber, so when things. Oh, no. That's I get kicked off occasionally. Sorry. No, Sorry. no, no, that's fine. That's fine. I was just telling everybody it's very interesting what you were saying. And uh, it can be a little, you know, it's going to be some confusion with a lot of people. And that's why we have you here to ex to explain a lot of this stuff that really a lot of uh, branch. I mean, I'm sure that you're aware of this. The church is not teaching this. They're not teaching a lot of this stuff. How to prepare. What do we expect? You know, even if we, you know, to look for the seasons and the signs and stuff. But uh, did you find that scripture by chance? If not, no big deal. No, I haven't yet. I'm, I'm all right. It's I'm no big deal. Looking. But, 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 um, so essentially, what are you saying? Let me guess what you're saying. Let me try to figure out what you're trying to explain. Are you trying to explain that the people that are dead in Christ, that they have uh, 
been backsliders kind of kind of way. Is that what you mean? Is is that essentially yes. what what that would be like a backslider who is a Christian? Uh, they will they will they will rise after uh, the others are are um, uh, raptured. And I guess rise right. doesn't mean see when you hear that people think like the dead. They think like it's the the people that have already been buried that are saved. And here's where the confusion is. If that's the case, okay, why is he having them rise if they're already up there? But I see what you're saying, and that explains a lot. That explains a lot. So it could be like someone who's been saved, but God's going to keep them down here for a little while and see what they're going to do, right? Is, is that kind of what you're saying? Let's see. Uh, yeah, there, there's... Um if I'm a believer in Christ and I live my life with that belief, right, and mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I attempt to be the best Christian I can be, then when I die, my spirit goes to be with him immediately. Right. If I, if I say I'm a believer, but I don't act like a believer. Or maybe you really didn't then, truly confess Christ as your Savior, too? Is that what you're saying, too? Could be, could be, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then maybe they repent and then he takes them. Could that be? Exactly, exactly. Yep. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for clearing that up because oh, I never could yeah, get a direct answer. I never could get a direct answer from people because they really didn't know. And I've had pastors try to tell me because they didn't know, really. They didn't tell me that. Uh, they were telling me what I was asking you, you know, uh, you know, well, they, they, he brings the spirit back down. I'm like, why would he do that? I didn't, I just didn't quite yeah, understand. I, that. I haven't heard that. And I, and I don't believe that to be true. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Wow. That should keep people on their toes as well. <laughs> that should keep them on their toes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you, um, can you give us an example? I mean, we, uh, doesn't Jesus say like, well, one man will be in the field and the other will be gone. One will be like, you know, what in bed or with one woman will be out in the field or something like that. And it'll be gone. It's, he's explaining the rapture, right? So, um, is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So, um, our bodies will physically just disappear, right? Cause isn't that what's going to cause chaos? People were, you know, the, 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 the evil sinners that are, you know, the, the devil's people that are left here, uh, the, you know, they're, they're going to probably make up something to say, like, you know, it could be aliens took us or anything like that. Uh, there's going to be confusion, you know, and they're going to have to explain, you know, this. in other words, our bodies aren't just going to drop dead and our spirits go. We're going to probably, we're going to literally disappear, right? Is that, is, that, is that your impression? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I, you know, that's what mm -hmm. they show in the movies is all of a sudden right, right. Our, clo our clothing is left in a pile. Right. I'm, I don't find it in um, scripture where it says that our bodies will rise. Mm -hmm. I, it says our spirits will be caught up. So whether our bodies are still here or not, our mm -hmm. connection with God through Christ is a spiritual connection. Right. And you know, if I if I die today and my body is buried or cremated, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my spirit rises to be with him. 
So I, I don't know whether the movies are correct or not. Either right. our right. entire body will disappear, our spirit will rise. I don't know what will happen to our bodies yeah. because when we get to heaven, we we get a new get a new body. Know, yeah, absolutely. Existence. Yeah. Um, it could be you know our spirits are caught up and our bodies are just left here on earth. I don't know which that is. Um, I put my faith, in but he says, but he life. says we're going to be one will be there and one will be gone. That's, you know what I mean? So it's, it's hard to tell, right. I guess, you know, it'll be, yeah. Either way, it's going to create chaos, right? It's going to create chaos. It, I mean, if you're, if you're, will, a, it, if you're a pilot it, and you, and, then, and you go, we're, you know, that plane's in trouble, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anything, anything the, that's in anything in motion yes. when that happens is Cars, going to basically trains, crash. Yes. Yeah, it, that's yeah. yeah it's going to yeah. be that's really going to be part of the chaos. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll it'll be confusing time, and like you said, there'll be all kinds of theories of what happened. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah. And and the shock and awe of mm -hmm. it is going to, you know, cause all kinds of confusion, and there'll be a lot of people who don't go in the rapture who lose their lives as a result of the rapture mm, explain that non-believers well just like explain. said anybody on that plane that crashes gotcha you know, they haven't gone in the rapture but but they're you they're know, gonna they're gonna die because that plane's gonna crash and they and they're not saved right yeah now that exactly that, I, so that obviously just like it happens today i mean they'll instantly go to hell i would imagine just like they do today if they're not saved right well <laughs> That's a good question. Um, for the non-believer who dies, right? Scripture tells us that they will be awakened for the final judgment. You know, the way I read scripture is nobody, if I died tomorrow or if a non-believer died tomorrow, he wouldn't be going to hell. He's got to first face judgment. Um, so those who are dead and non-believers are basically asleep. Until wow. the, the judgment comes, and the judgment comes after Christ's return, after the seven-year tribulation. You know, that's when the second coming takes place in the Battle of Armageddon. And Satan is thrown into the abyss and held there for a thousand years while the millennial reign of Christ on this new earth takes place and after that thousand rain then there will be a resurrection of all of the dead uh so they're going to be sleeping for a long time they're going to be asleep for a long time is what you're saying if they're asleep now they, yes wow they'll be asleep until until the second coming and for a thousand years thereafter then they will, you know, their spirits will be rise up to face the uh, final judgment at the end of the millennial reign. Wow. See that the church is not teaching that branch. They're not teaching that. I mean, I've always been taught in every church I've been to that, you know, if you're not saved, you, you know, you immediately go to hell. That's interesting. Yeah, that's not, the, that's not the way I read it, but uh, the church, you know, doesn't want to teach revelation. And, and mm -hmm. that's where, you know, all of these culminating th facts and uh, events 
that's where their culmination takes place and is explained in the book of Revelation. So the church who won't or doesn't teach Revelation is not imparting that information, that scriptural information to their um, people in the pews. You know, the church has a, has their own agenda, mm -hmm. obviously, and always has had. Mm -hmm. And their goal is to keep those pews full of paying customers and you got it. Like you got it. That's, you know, damnation and punishment as. Don't want to offend. Hammer. Don't want to. Don't don't want to offend anyone. You know. And no. I've said this before in a lot of my shows. It's it's just a pep rally. A lot of these churches now. It's not. It's hard to yeah. find a true spiritual Bible believing church. It is very difficult. And uh, during yeah. this scandemic that I call uh, when they shut down everything. Um, it, one thing that was a vantage with me that I saw, it opened my eyes to what the church was teaching me because I, I would stay, had the opportunity to stay home and, and watch these different things online as they brought that to. There's a bittersweet with that. I think it's great they have that for people who cannot go to church, whatever physical illness they have. I think that's great. But it can be a downside that people don't want to go back and it's convenient. But what it did with me personally, it it, it showed me like, wow, this is what they've, they've been teaching us, you know, and, and, and I dug in deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper. And, and, and if you look at even in your own neighborhood, uh, I call them the mini mega churches. Uh, you know, they have these huge buildings. And, you know, you go there and it's like a rock concert. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praise music. But to me, it's just like an all all show thing, you know. Uh, a lot of them, you know, don't even have an altar and that kind of thing. It's just, it's, it's just, it's like to me, the devil has taken over the church with the teaching. He is, he is, he has gone in there, and and have them say, you know, silence the truth. And a lot of that was uh, with the five O C three thing when the, you know the when the government did the, t the tax thing, and they're they're controlling the church. They're controlling the churches of what to say, what not to say. And, you know, and, and again, that's that was the enemy putting this thing in there. I didn't mean to get on my soapbox about that, but it, it's just that um, the, they're just not teaching the stuff that they should. And I believe through this stuff that's that's going to happen and the seasons that we're seeing, God is not only going to judge our nation and other nations, but he's going to take care of the church, too. I call them the deep, uh, instead of the deep state, the deep church. They're there. You see it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, well, they definitely have an agenda. You know, my, my feeling is go where you get spiritually fed. Yes. Whatever that looks like. But, you know, we have to realize that the church since its inception, as well as other organized religions, they have an agenda. And because they are of and for men, their agenda has deep roots in power and wealth. And, you know, we, yes, we ask why so many people have abandoned the church or fallen away from the church. Well, we've recognized the hypocrisy of the church and it, you know, when we have priester, priests and pastors and popes and imams and, and rabbis and whoever saying one thing and then doing the exact opposite behind closed doors, you not only lose faith, but you lose respect. 
and yes, and um, that's been going on for two thousand years. So it's nothing new, but we're we're well aware of it today because of our technology. It, it's immediately available and puts it in our yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. It's One right thing there. you alluded to, which is which is happening, you know, at the end times, the Antichrist will have the false prophet mm -hmm. who will be the leader of the world's religion and he will be the one who institutes the mark of the beast mm. and so religion will be playing a part you know all the way up into the end and they will do whatever they have to do in order to ground people in this belief in the antichrist so religion is going to play a, a big big part and and one the second beast of revelation is the false prophet the the religious leader who controls the world's church so again like we said earlier you know these incremental steps just prepare people to accept it as oh okay well, I believe this, so this is easy to take that next step and believe. And like you say, when you when you divert the worship and the faith grounding mm -hmm. from Christ Himself and and His teachings and His words, and sugarcoat it or have all of these other distractions in His name, mm -hmm. but have thrown out the fundamentals of the relationship, then what you've got is this, like you said, this um, facade, the celebrity, this let's have a good time, you know, in the name of Jesus, but I'm not going to be like Jesus. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's just so scripted too. a lot of these churches that, that have that, you know, there's, there's, it's so scripted. Now, when you were saying earlier, I ask you this question. Um, when you were saying earlier about the church um, uh, partaking or going along with the Antichrist, is that, is that going to happen after the believers have been raptured? Or is that going to be part of the, the, the mid-tribulation that you were saying? What, what, can you explain that a little more? Ask me again. Tell me again. I, okay. I when, you were, when you were saying about the, the, the false prophet was going to right. bring uh in the mark of the beast right and and then you said something maybe maybe i'm not for, uh remembering right what you said but i think you referenced something like about the church being still you know they're still going to be here they're going to be you know have to deal with that is is that after the the believers have been raptured or is that still when we're here during a tribulation well, that, that depends on if it's a pre-tribulation or a post-tribulation or a mid-tribulation rapture. The mark of the beast comes at mid-tribulation, okay, at that midpoint in the seven years. So at the, th that the midpoint after the first three and a half years, the Antichrist takes on the spirit of Satan. He takes over the physical temple in Jerusalem, the third temple, mm -hmm. which has yet to be built, but will be built. And need to talk about that the, too. Yeah. The false prophet erects, I don't know whether it be a hologram or a physical image, but he erects an image of mm -hmm. the antichrist and Satan in mm -hmm. the temple. 
And at that point, you know, if, if I believe the mid-trib rapture is going to happen right before the mid-trib point, which is what happens is the armies of the Antichrist invade and conquer Israel and take over Jerusalem. And is that Armageddon? No, this is this okay. is not Armageddon. Armageddon is at the very end of the seven years. Gotcha. At, at midpoint, when the Antichrist person actually becomes the Antichrist and takes over the temple, they will set up an image of him, and the entire world will, from that point on, have to recognize the Antichrist as God. And in doing so, rep recognizes Satan as God. Mm. The false prophet then will be the one responsible for making this one religion, one belief in the Antichrist, uh, a decree. And with that decree comes the mark of the beast. And the mark of the beast is an identifying mark. And we don't know what that looks like, a tattoo or subcutaneous uh, you know, chip or whatever it is. But mm -hmm. you will have to either take the mark of the beast in order to participate in commerce. The only way you'll be able to buy or sell anything is if you have that mark. It will be your identifier that allows you to buy and sell. If you don't have that mark, then you will be hunted down. And if caught or captured, you will be killed immediately on the spot by the forces and the security and the armies of the Antichrist. The mark of the beast is an economic uh, way to take over the economy of the entire world. And it happens at that same point when the Antichrist actually comes to power and is recognized as the god of this world. Um, so the mark of the beast and the uh, erection or the hologram, whatever that image is going to look like, because the image, it says, will be able to speak. Mm. And, you know, we, we are, we are able to manipulate. Wait, so wait, much exactly. Visual. Look at, look at artificial intelligence that they do now. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah, you can't, so. <laughs> you can't, you can't tell what's real or if it's not right. So I'm sure that's probably what it would be. You know, a lot of the yeah. things we, we download and see on the internet, you know, how can you know that it's real? I mean, you don't, yeah, you, you see you it and, and it, it looks real, you know, Photoshop and all of those kind of techniques. So yeah, it'll be, it will be very believable because again, we will have been conditioned to believe what we see, believe what we hear. And that'll just sort of be the next step. But the mark of the beast is a, is an economic, um, situation or economic decree that goes hand in hand with the false prophet you know getting the whole world's attention and having them now believe in the antichrist and therefore satan as the god don't you think um that was a test with the with the uh with the COVID shot kind of the way they were acting it's very. It was very similar to what they were trying to do with that, right? It's like you know they were trying to give you passports, and they were going to say you can't go here unless you have this. You can't do this. You can't do that. To me, that was like a. Uh, they were testing it. I could be sure. wrong, but it just it's it just it just sure no. seemed like it to me. Sure, trial balloon. You know, uh, it happens mm -hmm. all the time. You know, we'll put this out here, see what the response is, and mm -hmm. then adjust. 
in order to, you know, if we have to back up two steps, that's okay because we'll just continue moving forward. The, oh yeah, they're going the to. Problem, yeah. You know, the, the problem with the COVID thing is, A, they were totally unprepared as yep. usual. And yep. B, because they were unprepared, they're playing catch up. And, and so, you know, they're trying and testing everything and at the same time trying to control it see what um, they can do to control you, you, you can't you can't control people unless you, unless you do it by force um, mm -hmm. you know the covid as is spoken in the end times mm -hmm. is just the next disease that we contend with you know it's just like the flu the flu comes and and has been around for you know centuries basically but every time we get a new virus aids monkeypox yep. You know whatever yep. it is there's hair yep. on fire response immediately mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and of course they you know retract and go down into it and try and close it all down to get handle on it now two years later you know they finally have realized well it's just like the flu it's here to stay mm -hmm. and you know you can get inoculated against it uh, some people that works for some people it doesn't depends on mm -hmm. you know your body and and how it responds to those kind of things. And they're just trying to control the uncontrollable, but they do it in ways that, you know, force people into those places where they've just simply had enough. And then they've lost all credibility and people go on about their lives. So, you know, just preparation like the mask, is the right. Yeah, exactly. Just like, you know, everything is a, a catch up. It's like building a freeway in an urban area. You know, mm -hmm. if you've already got the traffic and you have to build a new one, you're never going to catch up with the traffic increase. Never. You can't that do it. Happens you've got to do yeah. it before you get gridlock. And it's the same thing yeah. here. By being yeah. unprepared, everything they do is reactionary. And by being it reactionary, they're just trying to stop or stem the flow of it any way they can. And, you know, people buy into that to a certain point. And then it just no longer is trustworthy. And, and that's when we go, okay, you know, I'll wear a mask or I won't, and I'll get sick or I won't. Depending on, you know, your age and your, your physical condition, you can get COVID and survive without having a shot. Yep. yep. You know, it's, it's, it's your, your body will, your body will naturally what God intended it to do to take care of that, you know? Yeah. And it it yeah. may be, you, you know, a little, you, you, you may fight it off and you may not, you know, you right. may get it and, and get sick, but survive. Yeah. Um, you know, yep. it's just like now we've got the monkey pox, you know, same thing. Although because yeah. it's not spread as fast, you know, they're, they're still trying to play catch up. Now this is nothing against, you know, the science community. They're always right. trying to be prepared as best they can. But if it's a, a new virus or a new bacteria or a new disease, there's a certain lag time before they can get, you know, a vaccine handle on it that can be approved and can be used. And, you know, we, we roll the dice in the meantime, and some of us make it and some of us don't. Right. All right. Well, you know, it's, I always say if, if, if God calls you home, however it's going to be, he has a, you know, it's, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. You know, yeah. you know it, it, exactly. we just never know. But, yeah. Wow, that's that's really interesting, and and I think what they did with that too, because it's you know, because there's evil out there, Branch, and you see it. That's in our government, in the world, 
in every government in the world, they were using that as an evil thing too. You know, like you're saying, control, you know, and uh, fear. If you have fear, you can control yeah. people, you know, and that kind of thing. That, that's how the enemy works. You know, he, he, he is the king of fear. King of fear. Yes. Fear, um, fear you mentioned, you mentioned, absolutely. Every time. And that's when we have to, you know, really go to the Lord and say, hey, <laughs> I'm hearing something here. I need, I, need, I need you to help me out, you know. You were saying about the third temple. What do you think about the, the red heifer? I'm sure you heard about that. Uh, the red heifers mm -hmm. that um, that were from, they flew out from Texas to um, Israel. And that has right. to do with starting the, the third temple. Am I not right? Can you explain that to people so they can understand it? A lot of people have never even heard of this. When was the last time they did this? 2,000 years ago, right? Was that like the second temple or something? I know in numbers yeah. it says something about that, right? Yeah, there's there's been two temples before. Um, the third temple comes during the end times, and the third temple is a rebuilding of the Jewish temple on Mount Zion, and that's a whole other issue. But yeah, the 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 red heifer is the animal that has to be worshipped and slaughtered on the altar. It has to be a, a red heifer without any blemish. And in that way, it's a pure sacrifice. The, the Hasidic and the, the traditional Jewish um, religious group, the ones who are ordained, they are responsible for all of the, you know, the worship services and all the implements and everything that has to do with the worship. So the third temple is going to need to be built. <laughs> they already have all of the things they need to start the sacrifice once again. That is, they've got all the implements, they've got, you know, the altar, they have all of the things they need. And once they have this unblemished red heifer, they'll have that final piece. Then all they're lacking is the actual temple itself. And the mm -hmm. temple will be rebuilt sometime during the end time. So that's one of the, the signs that the entire mm -hmm. world will, be, will see and can recognize. And then that's another one of those signs that we'll all see and we'll know that we're in the end times. There'll be no more, yeah. gee, are we or aren't we or is it still coming? Uh, there's right. like three or four things that are going to happen. The entire world is going to see, and we'll know we're there. So does does the sacrifice of the red heifer, that's before the, the temple is actually built or after? Well, that's a great question. Um, I've read that they can start the worship, you know, the reestablishment of the worship service because they've got the altar and not have to have the temple to do it. But the temple has to be rebuilt before, you know, the rise of the Antichrist. So whether or not they actually start the worship services using all the implements they have and the mm -hmm. red heifer and the altar, and they do it, you know, on the grounds, but the, the actual building is not erected yet, I don't know that it could go either way. But the right. temple building will be in existence you know, at mid-tribulation when the Antichrist takes it over. Gotcha. 
uh, branch. I heard they, they sent uh, from the Texas ranch, they sent five of those to them. Five of them. Sure. You want, you want to, you want to get that line established so mm-hmm. that when that decision is made, you're, you're ready to go. You know, you're mm-hmm. not waiting on the animal that's going to be mm-hmm. sacrificed. Now, I also heard that they have to get permission to to do this to get to to build it. Who would they ha- if that's the, if that's the case? Who who they have to get permission from? Wow, um, yeah, who knows? Um, yeah. The Arabs is that just like politics or something? Yeah, a lot of politics. You know, yeah, that's well. Mm-hmm. This is why the the Antichrist and his rise to power is so important because he'll be part of the political, you know, structure. He'll be somebody who's working in the background to make these kind of things happen. He will be the broker of the Ezekiel war. He'll be the broker of that treaty, that treaty that ends that war, that war. And I believe that that will be one of the, the things in the treaty will be the go ahead for them to build the third temple. But it'll be a heavily political and politicized mm-hmm. decision because you've got the, uh, the you know the mosque is up on top and of the, of the Mount Zion and there's just a whole lot of things that have to take place. Who's going to be part of that negotiation or that decision? Uh, you know, I, who knows? Way above yeah. my rank. Right, right, right. I also heard a couple of days ago the Prime Minister of Israel uh, wants to um, share Israel, split. I mean, uh, uh, Jerusalem, split it up with the Palestinians. Isn't that part of the uh, the end times as well? Were they going to divide Jerusalem? Am I right about that, or did, did you hear anything about that? I, I did not hear about that. You know, this this fight, both political and actual conflict over Jerusalem has been going on for 2000 years, longer than 2000 years, but they, you know, Jerusalem will be in Israeli hands at, in the last days. Um, That that's in scripture, but I don't know how that would come about. And and again, I don't Mm -hmm. know who all's involved in that. The politics Mm -hmm. of it is so great. You've got the Palestinians involved. You know, you've got the other Arab nations involved, and you've got the Israelites involved, the Israelis involved. Well, yeah, that's a, yeah. So that's that's probably a a battle in itself for those guys. Yeah, and the the Abrahamic Accords, you know, in Mm -hmm. in there too, that that Trump managed to... uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, before the rapture, we will hear the trumpet, right? How do you think that's going to be? Well, there again, that's a good question. There's parts of scripture that say the trumpet will blast and, and it will be heard by the whole world. And there's other parts of scripture that explain only those who are going to be raptured will hear it. Interesting. Um, yeah. Those those who are believers will hear it one way or the other, whether it's audibly heard by the entire world uh, is another question. You know, so many things about prophecy that mm-hmm. delineate specifics mm-hmm. and yet at the same time sort of give an open-ended, well, it could be this way or it could be this way. And there's no definitive 
you know, you're going to hear it. Everyone will hear it. So all, all believers, everyone who's involved in the rapture, who's raised up in the rapture, will hear it. I don't we'll believe the entire world will actually hear it. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, after you hear it, is it immediately or it would be interesting to know, like, how long it would take? Like, as soon as you hear it, it's you're gone or is that just a warning and you know it's coming? That would be interesting. It's hard to say, I guess. Yeah. What are your thoughts about what's going on in our country today? We had one big victory. They, you know, uh, they overturned Road versus Wade, and I'm, I know the Lord is tremendously pleased about that. Um, you think now we got God's attention that we're taking, you know, we're 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 going uh, trying to get uh, as believers have been praying for this for many many years since it's happened in the '70s when they did this. Uh, do you think the Lord is hearing our prayer and He's He's going to start healing our land? I mean, I know. United States has, has turned its back on on the Lord for many years, and um, you know, and founding fathers came here as Christians to try to have this as a Christian nation. They didn't intend it to be this, and that's when the devil came in, you know, and took over, and we allowed that. And I think the church allowed that by not speaking up and fighting, you know, for our rights of our country. What are your thoughts about all of that? Wow. <sighs> Well, I, I, I try to steer away from politics. Um, oh, I hear that. Without the I, politics, though, without the politics, what do you, yeah. what do you think? Uh, um, I think I, I think the Lord is calling to all of us Amen. to get reestablished with Him. You know, whether it's capital punishment, whether it's abortion, um, those are tough personal choices, right? We will all mm -hmm. face the Lord at judgment day. Absolutely. And have to atone for who we were and what we did. And, you know, in the eyes of God, my understanding of scripture is a sin is a sin. Yes. Uh, there's no degree of disobedience to him. No levels. Yeah. His, you know, in his purity, he can't be in the presence of sin. And therefore, mm -hmm. it's necessary for us to be cleansed of our sin. And we were with the death of Christ and his resurrection. But when we die, our spirit goes through that refining fire, which I believe is the spirit of Christ, to be you know purified, even though we've been forgiven, our spirit and our are still purified to be in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And these are tough. We live in tough times with tough choices and tough options. And there's no every getting day. around that every, every day. And, yes. you know, just, just like my clarion call about the end times is today's the day to get right with God. Today's the day Amen. for you to either establish or reestablish that connection with Christ. And once you do that, then what you've done is committed yourself to trying to emulate him and his thoughts and his words and his deeds. And in doing that, you allow his spirit to lead you in your decisions. The great thing about having a relationship with Christ you know, versus not having one is when his spirit lives within you because you've invited him in and he's responded, you then see the truth. You see the truth in your life. You see the truth in the world. 
He will show you, yes. But the idea is for you to live the truth in your life as it applies to you. And whether your decision is pro-life or pro-choice, you know, that's that's not my dog in that fight. You have to mm -hmm. decide what's best for you in your situation. I don't know all the variables of your situation. And that choice is between you and the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I'd simply let God lead my steps and lead my life. And... I, that's my hope and my wish for everyone in this nation. You know, if, if mm -hmm. we would do that, we would be able to come together and come up with a solution or a better solution to our problems. We can't do it divided. We can't do it fighting in the streets and we yeah. can't do it by calling each other names or, you know, trying to destroy our own options for a good life. But that's what happens when you're not spiritually grounded and don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. That's right. Um, that's right. That's I, exactly right. I, I know. I know. In God's heart, He would like us all to come back to Him, and thereby be better people and make a better nation. Yes. But you yes. said it. You know, the Prince of this world is very active, mm -hmm. and He's doing everything He can to divide us as a nation, you know, as a region, as a state, as a people, even in our families, you know, that division he's feeding and he, and he's enjoying and he's fueling that fire so that we will continue to be in that place and not turn back to God. You know, just like the whole Old Testament is about when the Israelites were obedient to God, they were blessed and protected. When they turned away from God, he killed them. You know, well, he, he killed <laughs> some of them. He of did, them, but I mean, yeah, absolutely. He, he, let, he let he let things happen where they would be on their own. You yes, know? it's just like COVID. You're if you're on your own, you, do you get a shot or not? Do you wear a mask or mm -hmm. not? Do you get mm -hmm. the virus or not? Do you survive mm -hmm. or not? And the mm -hmm. the point is, you know, if you've got that relationship with God through Christ, at least you've got that protection and those blessings. Now, does that yes. mean everything's going to be great? Of course not. No. No. But that's the whole point of faith. That's the whole point of belief. That's the whole point of spiritual connection. Even when times are tough, as Job found out, that strength and that connection with God mm -hmm. for his purposes and his design, it, you know, you're still one with him. And, and if nothing else, if he takes my life, at least I know that I'm going to be with him. Amen. And, you know, if, if we would come back together as a people and a nation and lead, possibly the world would be a different and a better place. But we, we often forget that the prince of this world is just as active because God gave him that authority and that power. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's Absolutely. just as active as, you know, through evil and corruption as it is for believers, you know, that we have that protection and blessing. Um, it's a personal choice. And with each of those choices, there's consequences for you and I, that choice is to believe and entrust and trust and be a follower of Christ. And, mm -hmm. and I, you know, when the, when adversity happens in my life, 
I know that there's a lesson there and there's a reason it's happening for me to do something better, you know, and to avoid the negative stuff. And that's just as a believer, that's what I believe. And he continues to show me that every day in my life, in little things, in big things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we face a lot of big problems, but come back to Christ or go to Christ and, and I'll guarantee your issues, your problems will be fewer, they'll be less intense, and you will see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. It may not be right away. You know, he'll let no, us grow exactly. in that, right? Yeah, but yeah, you he uh, well, will get you, you know. There, he, you know? He wants to, you know, we, a lot of people say, okay, you know, uh, take me away from this. I'm, I'm done. I'll be a better person. I'll go to church. I'll do all those things. And the minute we get relief from that adversity, you know, we go right back to the way That's we were. A, a sinful you know, nature. Go, go on yeah. Sunday and say a lot of things on Sunday and Monday, yeah. you're the same old guy you used to be. Oh, it's and, it's easier know, to do that on know, Sunday. Yeah. 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 He wants to know when we make that commitment. This time, are you going to stay the course? You know, yep. are you just using me for your own purposes? Or are you mm. going to allow me to use you for my purposes? You. And there that's, you go. that's the choice that's, between that's the believer point. and the fallen away. That's a great point, Branch. That's a great point. And it's hard once you leave that church Sunday afternoon, you're out in the world again. It's hard on Monday through Friday and Saturday. <laughs> that's the key right there. In my only personal experience, uh, you, you got to pray daily, you know, when you get up or, or wherever your time, your, your prayer time is and say, Lord, I cannot do this day without you, you know, guide me the right way, put me in the straight path, you know, and j just, just go to him and say that, you know, you'll be surprised um, how a little more relief you'll have in your day, you know. Again, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. it's going to be a perfect day. I'm not saying it's going to be, you know. You're not going to have a bad day, but I, I, I guarantee you that you'll be surprised. It could be a lot worse, right? It could be a lot worse. Well, God, God is like a loving parent, right? And he only wants his best for his children. And he wants Amen. to do whatever he can do, you know, to ensure that they don't face adversity. But in order to do that, we have to believe in him. We have to trust him and we have to trust that he wants good in our lives. So, you know, do we get tested? Yes. Do we get challenged? Yes. Do we get tempted? All the time. And he, just like he allows Satan to have power in this world, he allows us to have that free will to be tested and tempted and challenged to see if in this situation, this time, am I going to turn to him? Look, am I going to choose the world's way, you know, my selfish way, what I want way, it's all about me way? Or am I going to choose the way that he would have me choose? Am I going to emulate and do what Jesus would do in this situation? Or am I going to say one thing and go right back on Monday to be in the same old me? That's what he's trying to figure out so that he can then say to us, when you choose to be obedient and are obedient, and that means when you choose the moral and ethical response and not just the right or right, right or wrong response, what's in it for me, right or wrong, when you choose to be morally and ethically responsive, then I will be there 
to not only show you the way, but to help you on that way and to provide for you on that way. Because when you have his strength in you, even if it goes sideways or goes south or doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to turn out, there's a reason it didn't turn out that way. He has something mm -hmm. better, better in mind. Absolutely. And if yep. you believe that, you'll see it come to pass. That's how yep. he proves to you he's working in your life, that he's right there every time you need him, whenever you need him. What advice? You know, and we, ahead, we don't know that until we're, we don't know that until we're on that path and we start to see it happen. Yes. The further down that spiritual path we go, the more we see it happen. The more we recognize it happening, and then you realize he is real. He is with me, and he does care about me, and he's guiding my steps because this is where he wants me to be. And then it gets easy. And then everything you see and do, you immediately see the truth it's of training. it or you see the falsehood of it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Training. That's what obedience is. It's discipleship. It's training. And then you see the world and you go, okay, that's not for me. I'm not going there. I'm not buying into that. You know, I'm going to do something else. And I allow him to guide me and lead me to what that looks like because as a loving parent, he has my best interest in mind even more than I do. But, you know, until you are on that path, you don't realize that. And that's why it's so hard to explain it to people who have fallen away or who have never, you know, in, experienced that. We, mm -hmm. before becoming believers and living our lives, trusting in him, we were just like you. We were out there, you know, in the dog eat dog trying to get ahead mm -hmm. any way I could, no matter who it hurt, no matter what damage it caused, it was all about me. And mm -hmm. so I understand people who are still in that place. You know, we were all there. We weren't born being believers. You know, that's what maturity is about. That's what milk yes. to meat is about. It's growing in his, growing in your faith so that he can grow in you. And when Absolutely. you do that and start to do it and continue to do it, you will see it active in your life. That's how it operates. That's how it works. And I think sometimes God will put you in a storm and you may feel like he may leave you out. I mean, he doesn't completely left you, but he's going to make it feel like you're on your own. And he's going to watch and see what you yeah. do, what the choices you make. I mean, it, it could be a very, very scary storm. You know, and, the, and he's like, are you going to trust me? I'm going to take you out on this boat and it's going to be a rough storm. You're by yourself. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Are you, are you going to turn to him or are you going to turn mm -hmm. away from him? Because the right. devil's, you know, he's, his open arms are there also, you know, Christ's oh, yeah. open arms are always there and Satan's open arms are always there. That's why we have that devil on one side and the shoulder on the other Absolutely. side, you know, and that conversation going and, you know, the world shows us all of those worldly things that we desire. And, you know, the other side can be a little isolating and a little um, downtrodden, a little bit of trouble sometimes. It's a test. It's a test of your yes. faith. It's a test of your trust. Every Who are you day. going Every to day. entrust your life to? Every day. Exactly. Yes. Every day we have a test. Every day. And, you know, it's... That's why I try to make a habit. And again, Satan can get you distracted and you can forget to pray. You know, he can do that to you because he doesn't want you to succeed and be strong. But if you can, you know, try to make a habit in doing that and then ask God, you know, 
It's going to be tough out there, Lord. Help me to get through it. I also pray too, you know, who can I be a blessing to today? Who can I help today? It could just yeah. be a smile, man. It could just be, you know, something exactly. so small, you know, and it's, and, and there's where the, the window of opportunity of witnessing and, you know, and because people are watching, they're watching us, you know, and they're, they're, they want to see what it's all about. They're curious, you know, and they want to see us, if we're going to fall, how are we going to react when we fall? You yeah. know, cause they, it's <laughs> easy for them to point fingers at us, say, Oh, look, you're acting that way. You know, you're not, you're not say who you are, you know, and a lot of times they use that yeah. as an excuse you know, uh, you know, to, to say that's why they're not interested in it. Do you think that, um, as Jesus says, we, you think we're the generation that's not going to pass away before when the rapture is coming close and when he returns, you think this is the generation I feel it's, it is with all these seasoned signs that we're facing. What, 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 what is your opinion? I believe we are the last generation Mm-hmm. Um, the last, according to scripture and Daniel and revelation, the last generation starts the day that Israel becomes a nation. And that was May 14th, 1948. Right. So if you figure a generation is anywhere between 25 and 30 years, then anyone born up to about 1978 or 80, let's give it a little, round it off, mm-hmm. is in the last generation. And scripture says the last generation, you know, n- the last person in the last generation will not pass away before these things happen. Mm-hmm. So I believe, mm-hmm. I believe we're in the end times. I believe mm-hmm. there's scripture that explains that and shows that in events that indicate that. And yes, I believe we are, you know, the last generation, the generation born between 1948 and 1980, say. That's right, the yeah. last generation. I do too, man. So I do. I, the I do time too. is coming. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the way I look at a two branch, I look at it this way: we should be honored that God chose us. He knew all along that we were going to be part of this. This is a this is a biblical thing that we're witnessing, and He's allowing us to be a part of it, to do what we're supposed to do: witness, save souls, and get the message out of the truth. And uh, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you agree with me. I'm honored that He chose us. You know, before we were born, he knew that we were going to be a part of this. You know, go, go figure. I, I never would have dreamt of this. And 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 again, uh, if you let the enemy try to put fear in you and say, oh, you better watch out. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. You know, don't let that consume you. You know, take it as an honor that God chose us to be part of this army and to continue to fight doesn't mean we give up knowing that the world is it's going to you know be chaos we're still supposed to fight and still supposed to you know preach the word and 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 get people people saved don't you think a hundred percent you know christ says in the last days the gospel will be shared worldwide and that's what i believe is one of the reasons that podcasting is growing so quickly mm, and reaching yeah. so far and have so many, you know, Christian based um, hosts and guests who are sharing mm. knowledge about the gospel because it has to be spread worldwide. And the, one of the great things, at least up till now about podcasting is it's not commercial or most of it's not, it's sort of the most last bastion of free speech so we can talk about these things 
without some agenda being, you know, hovering over us from some commercial or corporate entity. Mm -hmm. And we are part of that spreading of the gospel worldwide. And then the end will come. And those are from his own lips. So, uh, yeah, it's an honor to be a Christian. And it's, it, it's humbling to be called to share the word with mm -hmm. those who are out there thirsty for it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's so many people struggling so deeply and so intently in their relationships, at work, at home, you know, yes. in their neighborhoods, all over. Yes. And they're looking for the answer. And the answer is right here. Again, because all of us who are believers on this path once were not. We were out there struggling just like those non-believers now. And so podcasting's great. Reaching out worldwide is, is a real blessing. And to be called to share information and knowledge about Christ and God the Father is you know such a humbling experience but it's also such an invigorating you know it just fills your heart when you have a chance to sow those seeds and it's yes. like you said if one person hears it then then our efforts today have been yep. what the lord wanted them to be yeah if it's just and, one <laughs> person absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. you know i've well, always they, they uh, have questions and they have yes. you know they they have concerns and they're thirsty for truth. If, if COVID, mm -hmm. you know, if politics, if economics, if corporations has shown us one thing, it's the world is now really thirsty for truth. And with our yep. technology, we can give them unbiased truth yeah. because our only agenda is not to get into their pockets, not to get into their pants, not to get into their minds or their lives, our agenda is to get the spirit of God into their hearts because nothing of this world will fill your heart like the spirit of the Lord. When he is the crown of your heart, you know it and you understand how little the rest of this stuff means. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of technology, you know, the devils use that, you know, to, to his way of communicating because that's the only way he can communicate he's yeah. not like god but god has turned that around and used it for good like he does everything you know it's a amen you know it's yeah. it's a bittersweet thing with the technology you got to watch you know what you, yeah. you know what's what's out there but you know god has turned that around and i think that's the good i'm glad you brought that up because i think that's the good part with, with the with the COVID thing because the churches were reaching out more with people that were at home, I think. And I think a lot of people probably got saved through that and they, they went to church now. I mean, I think the good really came out of that. We, I try to look in the good in that, you know, and, and God does put good in, in the, in the things, you know, that Satan tries to destroy. I mean, he immediately will turn that into good, no doubt about it. And I think he did that with technology. Well, the great thing about having the spirit of God with you, is when you're on the computer, you know there's a delete key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't have to go to that site right. of temptation. Uh, right. You know, you don't have to go there. That's a choice you make. And yep. if you go there, all you got to do is put push delete. You know, and they're yep. you're right back. This is, you know, Kilroy. This is one thing so many people miss. The love of God is so great. 
He's given us a supercomputer for a brain, right? Yes. Yes. And we can think a myriad of thoughts. I read the other day that the average person thinks 60,000 different thoughts a day. Mm. I can drive my wow. car. I can listen to the radio. I can sing along with the radio. I can think about something else. I can do all of these multitasking things. But the love of God is so great. He's made it so I can only focus on one thought at a time. I can change those thoughts, but I can only concentrate and focus on one thought at a time. Mm -hmm. And because that's the capability that we have, whenever I think, oh, gee, maybe I'd like to go to XYZ site, right? And indulge mm -hmm. myself in some fantasy. All I have to do is change that thought, think about something else, refocus my energy, my thought energy on something else. And guess what? Mm -hmm. I'm no mm -hmm. longer thinking about that site I want to go to. And mm -hmm. when you've got the spirit of God living within you again, and you, you go, well, do I want to go here? The Holy Spirit immediately says to you, is that really where you want to go? You know, and that moment. That's where the doubt, guilty conscience comes in. The guilty conscience comes got, in. That's the, yeah. that's the Holy Spirit. Yes. You, you've and got that's that demons. To make. That's demons yeah. tempting you, you. That's demons. And that's, you've got you know, that, that's you've real. You've got that choice to make at that yep. point. So am I going to go there or am I going to go where the Lord want me to go? So I get up from the computer, go out and feed my chickens. You know, there so you go. That feeling of my thought can change my actions. And when I change my actions, I change my habits. Mm -hmm. And when I mm -hmm. change my habits, I change my character. Mm -hmm. And when I change my character, I have the strength and the ability to change my destiny. And mm -hmm. so if you're struggling in your life with something that's tempting you or testing you or challenging you, get off of that thought lane, get off of that thought. Get on to a different thought that brings you brings you peace, brings you joy, brings you tranquility. Get on to that thought that brings you back into the mental presence of Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's how you change. You know, that's like cold turkey. You simply right. don't go there. That's the right. easiest way to avoid adversity is to step around that hole, not to jump in and start trying to dig yourself out. And as soon as you do that, he is cheering you on. He is cheering yeah. you on, you know, and, 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 and supporting you and, you know, no doubt. I mean, and, and he sends his angels to help you as well, you know, and, and uh, so we're not alone on it. Maybe sometimes we feel like we are, but we're not alone. Not at all. Not at all. Wow. Well, even, even if, let me say one more thing, even if sure. as Christ told us, Satan knows how the story ends, and even yep. his his demons active in in Christ's day recognized Christ for who he was and knew oh, who he trembled. was and what his power was. Yeah, and so when when you're in that place, all you have to do is rebuke evil and rebuke the devil and rebuke you know corruption in Christ's name. And that will leave you. It, it can't be in the presence 
of Jesus Christ. And if you invoke his name, you've invoked his spirit. And when you invoke his spirit, Satan will leave you alone. He'll go somewhere else. There's plenty of places for him to go and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. invest his wiles and his ways. But if you will rebuke evil in Jesus's name, evil will leave you. It has to. It, it, it has to. And, you know, Branch, that's another it, thing that the church, the church doesn't teach either. We have power over the enemy. And we Amen. need to learn how to use that. God gave us that. He promised us, you know, we, that we have power over that. But a lot of us don't know how to use it. And again, it's not being taught in the church. At least in every church I've been to, I've I've never had them, you know, have a have a, a series of studies about that because I think that's very important. You need that. That's how you can survive. That's how you can grow. And it's, you know, we just don't realize what power we have that he, that he gave us to the Holy Spirit. Well, church doesn't want to give up that control and that, you know, that power mm -hmm. and that agenda. It's, you have to remember that, you know, once the master of any system of belief, any religion, once mm -hmm. they pass from this life, their the void has to be filled and it's filled by, uh, supplicants and psychophants, mm -hmm. but it's filled with those who want that that power and that adulation and that wealth that the originator of that thought you know enjoyed. And once you get men struggling for power and control, you know, in any room, the purity of one what once was is no longer there and it immediately right. starts to morph into something else and that you know we see that in every religion in every denomination mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. men who have attained that position of status you know and we often forget they're still men and they're still fallible and they're still mm -hmm. sinful and some of them you know even partake of that again you know hypocrites have been with us since day one Yes. And I think that's what most people detest most about most religions is the hypocrisy. Yes. You know, if I'm going to entrust and respect you and your, and your position to have a, a more elevated understanding and relationship with God than I do, and you've chosen to take on the job of sharing and teaching me, then you need to be held to a higher standard and you need yes. to hold yourself to a higher standard. But that's, that's not right. what we see. We've, no. we've seen that fallacy in every religion, you know, since the, the original master died. And so that's just, mm -hmm. you know, that's again, part of the world, but we don't have to go there to have that relationship or, in, you know, come back to Christ or come to Christ and through him to God. We can do that. That's why Christianity is so great. You can have a personal relationship, spiritual relationship with God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit yes. without the church, you know, without the instruction. You need the Bible to do it. You, you need to yes. understand scripture and and what it means, what what you know, in between those lines, what Christ is trying to share and teach. But you don't have to go to somebody else to get it. You've already no. got the master teacher and the mediator and the counselor and the agent. You can go directly to God through Jesus Christ. Christianity is the only religion that allows you to do that or the only belief system. 
that allows you to do that. But to do it, you have to do it. You've got to actively do it. Don't let somebody else tell you about Jesus Christ. Go find out for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with the denominations, that was man-created, right? I mean, man created these denominations, right? I mean, uh, obviously, they, exactly. all, they, exactly. they all have all these different denominations you see in your local town. None of them agree with each other. That's why they're separated, you know? And, yeah. and when, we, when we go to be with the Lord, he doesn't separate these different denominations. You know, it, that was not supposed to be that way. You know, we were supposed to be the church of God and, you know, yeah. and, 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 and teach his word like he commanded, you know, but uh, I guess that's a, that's a whole new story right there. But, you know, and I think that, that's, that, that didn't have these separate denominations. I don't think helped, <laughs> helped at all. <laughs> you know, it just, you, I know people are saying oh, like, yeah. I will only go to such and such uh, denomination. I will not go to the, I'm like, it's, I've been to several different denominations branch. As long as they speak the Holy Spirit, godly word, I don't care. You know, it's, if it's truly a, a Bible believing teaching church by the word of God, and, you know, and they don't try to change anything or, or sugarcoat it or whatever, and they speak the truth, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But getting back to what I was saying about the mega churches, those, those big churches you see on TV and the big local churches in, in your local area, they don't, they don't uh, speak about sin. They don't even talk about Jesus. None of that. You know, it's just an all feel good thing. And that's where I think God's going to clean house on that, you know, because uh, those people have got to be, those leaders have got to be accountable, you know, for, for that. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think you're exactly right. I think that's what that first three and a half years of the tribulation is all about. That's why I think the rapture happens at mid-tribulation. Mm-hmm. People, people in the church... <clears throat> leaders or in the pews know enough about and will learn enough about the end times that when they see these things happen, they're going to be there. God's going to get their attention. Right. And so I believe he's going to give them that last chance to come back around and truly become believers that they claim to believe in that three and a half years, because during that three and a half years, things are not going to be, it, there's going to be turmoil and there's going to be trouble. There's going to be a lot of people who lose their lives from, you know, climate situations and uh, war situations. There's going to be a lot of turmoil and trouble. Famines, but I believe yeah. that I, famines, disease, I believe mm-hmm. that the Lord will be using that first part of the seven years to call back to his church, to those who have fallen away, who have, said, I believe in Jesus, and turned right around and embraced all the things and the ways of the world, I think he's going to give those Christians, those believers, that second chance before the rapture happens so that they can come back and truly exhibit what they claim to be. And that's why one of the reasons I believe it's a mid-tribulation rapture. He, he tells us that we will not suffer the great tribulation the last three and a half years. His mm-hmm. church will mm-hmm. be gone before that. And in his removal of the church, that's his last act 
of compassion for everyone who is not Jewish, because that last three and a half years is all about the Jews, the Jewish nation, Israel. He's sort of saying, okay, the rest of the world I'm done with. I'm focusing back on my chosen people so they understand who the Messiah is and who he was when they turned his, their backs on him the first time. So, right. you know, I believe the Christian church and Christ, Christendom is going to get another one last chance to come back to Christ in the way that he wants us to and the way that we claim and profess that we do. He's going to give us that three and a half years to show where our hearts truly are. But don't Absolutely. get me wrong. There's a lot of Christians who are going to lose their lives in that mm -hmm. three and a half years. So the mm -hmm. hope is that they understand, you know, today's the day I need to mm -hmm. get back to God, get get right with God and get back to believing and understanding what Christ had to say and what he had to teach. And now from this moment forth, I am going to be that kind of a Christian. Then I Amen. think whether or not, you know, whether they are in the rapture or pass before the rapture, they will have reestablished that important relationship. And I, that's why I believe the, the rapture is mid-trib. He's going to give all of, you know, these fallen away Christians or, oh, I believe, but, you know, I love the world. That's going to be, you know, their chance to come back. And um, I hope they do. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. Wow. That was, uh, that, that's brought up a, a great, uh, great points there. And then another thing, when, when Christ comes back to, to to the to his temple you know here on earth which restores his kingdom on earth that's when the jews will know that's the the real deal he is the messiah is that not right that's right well when he comes back you know he will bring i i believe that when the rapture happens that's when the bride returns to christ and we have the feast of the bride in heaven and i believe you know that feast will take place in heaven as the great tribulation is taking place on earth and all of those people who have been martyred or died in that great tribulation period you know will be joined in heaven uh, at the second rapture the second resurrection that's another story but <clears throat> yeah the the jews will finally understand who jesus was and is and mm -hmm. when when he comes back the second time when his second coming happens the first part of that is the battle of armageddon and he will yep. destroy the antichrist army and then he will step foot on the mount of olives and reestablish or establish the millennial reign his thousand year reign and all of his believers, you know, will be with him from every nation, from every age, from every stripe and walk of life. If you believe in Jesus, you will enjoy that thousand years with him. And after the thousand years, <clears throat> Satan will be let loose from the abyss to have one more chance to gather anyone who wants to be with him. I have a hard time with that one. In. 
<laughs> yeah, that's like, a tough why, one to get. That's, that's a real. Why would you want to let him out? Why would you want to let him out? Yeah. I think he's doing that to test people who have never experienced exactly what we did when Satan yeah, ruled. Exactly. You know, I, I that, that's what I think. Yeah. That's what that's about. But every time I hear that, I'm like, yeah. oh, why do you want to yeah, let the it's, <laughs> keep him down there? One more chance. Yeah. Well, but he'll destroy that, him, right? Then, after that, he will destroy oh, yeah, him totally. Yeah. 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 He'll, 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 he'll reign in hell, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. And at that point then, um, everlasting life begins. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the, the millennial reign is focused on Jesus as King of Kings. Right. And at the end of the millennial reign, then, um, we will all have everlasting life in the presence of God, the Father, and Jesus Christ. And that's right. That's when judgment happens. And all of those people who, you know, have been asleep and were non-believers in Christ, and all of those who had died and were non-believers, that's when they will rise, mm -hmm. and, you know, to face judgment. We will all face judgment, but as believers in Christ, our sins have been forgiven. So we won't be, you know, atoning or trying to um, rectify who we were and what we did. Um, I believe there's, you know, heaven, there's hell, and there's oblivion. Um, you know, the worst, hell's got to be the worst, but obviously mm -hmm. the second worst would, would be to be in oblivion, to just, you know, your spirit no longer exists at all. Your entire life experience was whatever it was in this world, however long you lived, you know, and, and you're just blotted out. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. One thing, I, you know, people have to understand is Scripture tells us that the millennium rule, Christ will rule with an iron rod. That's um, right. It's not going to be all fun and games. It's going to be heavy responsibility and worship. And I don't know what, you know, our tasks or what that will look like, but there's not going to be any backsliding. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, there may be, and maybe that's where Satan comes back to gather a few more. But, you know, it, it's Jesus coming to rule as king with an iron scepter, with an iron staff. So, it's going to be um, straight arrow stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And understandably why. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Where do you think we are in the seals? You know, which ones do you think have already been broken or have any of them been broken now? Do you know? Oh man, what a great, what a great question. Yeah. The seals, the trumpets, the vials, you know, they're, they're really distinctive, and yet at the same time, and I've been studying prophecy now for seven years, sort of nonstop. I've written 10 different series on it, and as I study, I, I learn something new all the time. You know, like something is revealed to me that I missed before or I misinterpreted before. Mm -hmm. And the seals, the trumpets, the vials, you know, I believe that the, the rapture happens mid-trib when the fifth trumpet is sounded. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the seals, um, I believe the first four seals have been opened. I believe they were opened after Christ returned to heaven, you know, after um, the 40 days 
after his resurrection. I think that's when he opened the first four seals. I think we have yet to see seals five, six, and seven. Mm -hmm. I believe the seventh seal will be opened when the treaty is signed between Israel and her enemies. And this is another thing that has, you know, really confusing or mystifying is it says when the seventh seal is opened, there'll be a half an hour of silence in heaven. Mm. And I think that half an hour silence is in preparation for um, the rapture. But we don't know how long that half an hour is. You know, yeah. We yeah. have no idea what that lag time is. So it could be mm -hmm. hours, days, months. We don't yeah. know. But we God's know not on our timetable. <laughs> yeah. We know or we're told that when the seventh seal is opened and the treaty is signed, or when the treaty is signed, the seventh seal will be opened. That will be the beginning of the seven years of tribulation. Mm. So that's another thing to be looking forward to or looking for that when the, the treaty is signed and the, when the treaty is signed, we won't know, but we know that that's when the seven years starts. And because we know that when the seven years starts, the seventh seal is opened, you know, we have to back into it. It's not like well, the seventh seal is going to be open. So I know this is happening. Mm -hmm. This event is going to happen which triggers this seven-year event, and now we know that the seventh seal has been opened in heaven. So now all we're waiting for is the half an hour of silence before you know, Christ takes action. So that's where the timetables we don't know. So we can't identify you know, dates and, and specific uh, times or months and years right. that things are going to happen. We have to go based right. on what we do know is happening and then see where that fits in the scheme of things. So I think that's yeah. a, when the fifth and sixth seal are open, we're told when the fifth um, is open, when the sixth is open, there's a great earthquake, you know? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we have to be, we have to be looking for those things. But I think the first four have been opened and I think we're waiting on five, six and seven. And I think seven will happen at the start of the uh, seven years of tribulation. And when the treaty between Israel and her enemies has been signed or brokered. See, now that's another thing. I believe that the, the treaty ends the Ezekiel war between Israel and the invaders who try to invade Israel. And they are defeated by God himself. And that's another sign that the whole world will see when the when Israel's enemies are defeated by the power of God and not by the armies of Israel, <clears throat> then we know the Ezekiel war has ended. Well, whatever treaty is drawn up between Israel and her enemies to, to end and ratify that war, we don't know, well, if it's signed, is that the key indicator or... Is it signed, and then does it have to be ratified for that to be the key indicator? Or mm -hmm. does that ratification have to then be ratified by the entire UN? You know, the whole world celebrates, and I think that that's what's going to happen. The treaty is going to be signed, but it's going to be ratified. You know, oftentimes that's what happened. We signed the treaty, but 
the terms of the treaty are not accepted by everybody right away. Signing the treaty, we've agreed to stop the war and to begin negotiations. When all the negotiations are done, one of those would be rebuilding of the temple. <clears throat> when the negotiations are done, then all those people involved ratify and accept the negotiations. Well, if that's a, whether that's just the countries involved or because, you know, the whole world is going to be so happy that this war has ended, if it's ratified then by the United Nations, then I think we're going to have this declaration of peace and security, mm -hmm. which is another prophecy that when, you know, when we are all singing peace and security, <laughs> then it's going to happen. So all of these kind of things. So I don't know how long that half an hour is. Is it right. half an hour time between when the treaty signed or when it's accepted by the uh, countries involved or when it's, you know, ratified by the UN for all the countries of the world. And then we all declare peace and, and security and peace and safety. And we have a big day of celebration and give each other gifts Right. You know, and sometime that half an hour is going to encompass those kinds of results and activities. At the end of the half an hour, it's go time. And, and um, you know, action yeah. will be taken in heaven. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy stuff. It, it, but it's, it you know, yeah. it's, it's, we have to remember that it's God's word. And therefore, yep. for us as, believers it is true yep um yep that's all we need to know then our task is to live our life as truth believing and love believing christians acting more christ-like with our responses until we pass or until those things reveal themselves and we're part of it um, that's the great thing, you know, you mentioned earlier, Kilroy, about these living in these times. That's why it's mm -hmm. so exciting. And, and that's yes. why it's so important that, that you and I share these kind of things so that people can understand, I need to be looking forward to these things. You know, I need yes. to understand what's happening so that I can anticipate them with joy. You know, whether I'm here for the rapture or not, I know where I'm going when I die. Absolutely. One and, way or the other. Yep. But, as long as I'm here, my commission is to continue to share an understanding or try to share with people, you know, if you believe in God and therefore you believe God's true, that he's, that he is God, then his word is true. And everything that he has shared or told or prophesied or had his prophets share with us is true. Therefore, these things he talks about as a promise and a warning for the world are also true. So we need to be heeding his word and trying to understand what they mean and identify when we see them being exposed to us. And again, at every one of those junctures, now's the time to get right with the Lord. Now's the time to get that relationship with Jesus established or reestablished. That way, no matter when these things happen, whether or not you're mm -hmm. here to experience them or not, you're covered. You've been that's promised right. here and hereafter. And, and that's all you really have to, There, there's where you put your faith. So none of these scary things 
will be scary yep. to you because you already yep. know the purpose and you already we win know any, the design. We win all the way. Yeah, we win all <laughs> exactly. the way. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Branch, thank you so much for coming on today. I've learned so much uh, from you. And I'd love to have you back on again because <laughs> this is not going to end. <laughs> you know, we're going to be no. seeing a lot more. We're going to see a lot of more yeah. of this stuff, you know. And uh, and I, I think it'll be great to have you on again to teach us some more things. Do you I'd have like a, I'd love to have you. Um, do you have like a website or anything that people can get oh, yeah. in contact with you and, and that kind of thing? You want to share that? Sure. Thanks so much for asking. Uh, it's easy. You just Google my name. I, I, I'm Google, my website, my YouTube channel, all the same thing. Branchisole.com. Branch like a tree. I-S like Sam, O-L-E. And you can get me Google. You can get my website. You can get my YouTube channel. There's tons of stuff free to read. All of my end time series are there. Um, you know, just dive right in. If you have questions, there's a place there on the website. You can comment or send me a question. We respond to everybody who, who asks or comments. That's fantastic. Do you have a book out? <laughs> Actually, I have 22 books out. I've, oh, uh, that's awesome. I have, 20 book, I have 20 books out right now. They're available all the usual places, Amazon, Apple. That is store, awesome. You know, wow. Barnes and Noble. Uh, I have two that are coming out. One that's coming out um, probably at the end of the year. It's all ready to go. I'm just waiting on the final uh, formatting. Yeah. And I've got one that's coming out probably in the summer. Um, so Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Keep us posted on lots, that. Lots yeah. to read. And, and they're short. They're, they're real easy to read. They're yeah. real relatable. I don't write novels. I write short stories, poetry, things sure. that you can read in a minute or two. Um, and, and there's... Um, there are like 400 selections on the YouTube channel. Nice. That is fantastic. Well, I want to thank you, my friend. Uh, and, and I mean that sincerely. I met a new friend today. And thank you so much for uh, wanting to come on the show today. And again, we're, we will definitely have you back because uh, I know there's so much more that, that, that we're going to see what God is going to do that people are going to want to know. And, you know, we can, you're the source yeah. that God is give, that's given us, you know, the gift. To, to help us understand this. And I just love the way you break it down for easy understanding and uh, appreciate it very much that you came on today. My pleasure, Kilroy, my pleasure. Hey, I apologize for stumbling on that scripture. I'm going to go back and find it. And I'm gonna no, it no worries. Um, no worries, my friend. No, no worries. No, that way it'll explain what, it'll explain yeah. what I couldn't explain. You know, yeah. Jesus it's, has that way. Absolutely. <laughs> Just uh, send send me your information that you would want on the show notes, so folks can you know you know learn more about you and get in contact Will with do. you. And we'll Will we'll do. put that all on there. Hang on, I still want to talk to you. Let me, let's just well, I'm going to close out the show, and I'll be right back with you. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. What a great guest today. Be praying for him. He is a man of God. It's that's helping everybody. We thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time. Until then, God bless. Trust him. The Lord is on the throne. Uh -huh.